It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. Super excited to get back to you guys again. We've had a couple good episodes this week talking with the boys from Lockdown Chargers. So if you haven't checked those out, go back to the last couple. It was a two-part series. Uh, We had some great talks about L.A. football, what are expectations coming up. Uh, Don't forget the Lockdown Podcast Network is doing a lot of great things, not only in the football world, but in NBA and MLB. So go check out some of our other shows. It's your team every day. Again, make sure to give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at Lockdown Rams on Instagram and Twitter. And also my personal account, which is at LA underscore Rambling Bear. And for you non-social media people, which is cool, it's cool, I get it, uh, hit me up on Gmail. That's LockdownRams at gmail.com. Shoot me a question. I'll read it on air. We'll talk it over. We're at that point in the football season where there's not a lot going on. So I'd love to hear your guys' opinions and thoughts, and we'll talk about it here on the podcast. We've got another amazing podcast for you guys today. I'm really excited about it. I told you about it earlier in the week, and that's right. We got JB Long today, the voice of the Rams. Super excited. He's a good friend of the show here and is back with us again today to talk over some stuff, some Rams expectations, some of the new guys coming in, the things they're doing in the community and more. So last few episodes have been a little long, so I'm just going to jump right into this one. Without further ado, here's my conversation I had earlier today with the voice of the Rams, JB Long. All right, Rams Nation, I'm really excited about our next guest. You know him as the voice of the Rams. Here with us now is J.B. Long. J.B., thanks for joining us. How have you been, bud? Brad, I've been great. Thank you for having me back on, and I hope you're having a great summer as well. Just count down the days to training camp, as I'm sure we all are. Yeah, this is the, that tough time where, for you, is probably really nice to relax, hang out with the family a little bit. Uh, but in the back of everyone's mind, we are just excited and really, really, I mean, last year there was the excitement with the McVeigh and that whole first year. And then obviously with the additions, uh, the excitement level is really cranked up this year. I uh, was kind of following along on some social media and saw you were actually recently out in the community with some of the Rams rookies kind of doing some community work. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and some of the engagement you guys got to do with the community. Well, the Rams and uh, players across the NFL do a tremendous job around the calendar uh, getting involved in their local communities and our national community as well. But the offseason does provide a bit more bandwidth for them uh, to participate here in Los Angeles, and the Rams have a wonderful tradition of essentially rebuilding an entire playground for a school in their community. If I'm not mistaken, this is the 10th consecutive year that they've done that. And the entire staff from the front office uh, through the support groups Uh, to our community personnel and certainly the roster as well this year represented by our rookie class. Uh, Tremendous turnout, full participation. It's a mandatory event for our franchise. It's a day off of work to be uh, here in Los Angeles and at 20th Street Elementary I think we made a visible impact and uh, I certainly hope that those elementary school students uh, come back to school in the fall feeling refreshed and rejuvenated in part because of uh, what they see on their playground and in their school space. Yeah, it was awesome to kind of follow along through via your social media, which, by the way, real quick, let everyone know where they can find uh, your content at. 
Uh, just look for uh, at JB Long or at Rams Radio. Uh, try and represent uh, not just myself, but also Maurice Jones-Drew and DeMarco Farr and our organization as best I can. A lot of platforms to get information about the Rams, of course, but I uh, try to put our unique spin on it whenever possible. Yeah, definitely. You do a great job of it, too, because we got to kind of have a glimpse of, you know, behind the scenes and seeing the players kind of interact uh, again, like we said, with the school and do some fun paintings and put some of their college teams on the wall. And kind of that was the nice thing I saw was being able to not only get out and connect, but being able to kind of personally connect. And so, you know, that extra added investment as far as, you know, feeling you know, really that, you know, connection to the community. So it was really fun watching. It's, I think, you know, obviously Rams and the organization does a good job of doing that. So I'm excited to, for, you know, the upcoming things we kind of get to follow along with you guys and all the different camps that, you know, we see Todd Gurley doing and some of the other uh, veterans. So always exciting stuff. And guys, make sure to give JB a follow. Uh, like he mentioned, great behind the scenes uh, reflection of himself and the organization. So always some good stuff there. We do appreciate that. Uh, were you, did you have a chance to go check out the stadium with the crew um, last week as well? I didn't go last week, but I have been uh, several times during the construction phase, and it's remarkable to see the progress that is being made. Uh, on the one hand, it feels like it's right around the corner, but on the other hand, uh, 2020 seems like it'll never get here. Uh, but to see the full bowl erected and get a sense of the magnitude of the project and uh, where touchdowns will be scored and uh, where team buses will enter is uh, pretty magnificent. A lot of great work still being done and will be done over these next couple of years, but uh, the project, I think, has captivated the imagination of the Rams players and certainly this community here in Los Angeles. It's going to be uh, not just a phenomenal football facility, but one that I think will uh, become stitched into Los Angeles and the sports scene, whether it be through maybe World Cup opportunities or certainly the Olympics, uh, college football, basketball, or all sorts of athletic projects. Uh, potential in that uh, LA stadium and entertainment district. Yeah, you said it best as kind of it feels like it's, you know, going to be here any day, but then again, it feels like it's, you know, years and years and years away. Almost like we said, starting out this podcast, like the beginning of the season, right around the corner, but yet so far away. Um, but a lot to look forward to, like you said. Yeah, and the Coliseum's getting a facelift too. Every time I uh, fly into LAX, I we often, uh, the flight path takes us through downtown Los Angeles, and from above you can see all the renovations that uh, USC and the Coliseum are undertaking kind of in two phases. So it'll be partially done, and they pause for college and NFL season this fall, and then it'll be finished for the Rams' final year in the Coliseum 2019. Yeah, fun place to see a game, but a much-needed uh, facelift or internal uh, lift for them there as things were pretty tight at some of those seats. So hopefully a little bit better experience. And, and you know what? You could put me in, in the smallest seat possible if you give us a, a winning team like we got last year uh, here in L.A. And some more good news as we kind of talk about the growth of the organization and things that are exciting um, the Rams announced not too long ago this offseason that they are kind of expanding their radio coverage down into the San Diego area. And I believe that that's still going to be your guys' call of the game. That's going to be spread out of uh, Southern California. Is that correct? That's my understanding, yeah. And we're happy to cast uh, a wider net. Obviously, there are uh, mixed motivations in San Diego for uh, why folks might be interested in listening to Rams football. We're sensitive to that, but... I think we welcome all comers, and we feel like this is a great inflection point in the history of the Rams organization where 
you have a more than capable and electric mind and Sean McVeigh leading the way, uh, a young nucleus that provides a window of opportunity, and now accomplished veterans who are looking to cement their legacy and have gone out of their way to choose the Rams. And uh, there's no way to predict how that will all play out on Sundays this fall, but it certainly uh, brings uh, immense potential, and I think it's captivated the imagination of uh, the Southland, including San Diego. So we're happy to have them on board. Yeah, yeah, we are definitely, and it's exciting kind of hearing some of those people down there get excited about it. You know, I I recently did a, a crossover podcast with some of the uh, boys that do the Locked On Chargers podcast, and they kind of explain the feel down there of people, you know, the way they felt when their team left, a little bit different um, from St. Louis coming here. You know, obviously we had the big fan base that we could kind of go back to. Uh, and they talked about that and how, you know, the some of those fans are kind of over it and want to get involved with another team. And, you know, the Rams, a perfect addition as far as the transition here and, you know, new faces for a lot of people down there as well. And as we kind of transition here, there's there's a bunch of new faces at, at uh, training camp and OTAs. Uh, we've we've added, you know, via trade, um, you know, three, four new players signing and and Sue as well. And then the whole uh, rookie class. From what you've seen so far, I know it's really early. We've only had OTAs, but you know, are are there some guys that are fitting in a little bit faster with this transition than others? Uh, and who may they be, or or what did you take on just kind of the newcomers uh, coming into OTAs? Yeah, well, let's start on offense because I think it's it's uh, very simple. It's striking how many familiar faces there are and how intact that group returns uh, from leading the league and scoring last year. Uh, to the 2018 season, really the only uh, notable change, at least in terms of frontline starters, would be Brandon Cooks. And I think Brandon's motivation and his experience has allowed him uh, to hit the ground running. I think back to where the Rams were this time last year. I mean, Sammy Watkins was not even on the radar. And Jared Goff hadn't won a professional football game. Right. And Sean McVay had never been the head coach uh, for an NFL game. And Todd Gurley was coming off a sophomore slump, and many were concerned about his future. And on and on we can go down the list. Cooper Cup, I, I think, was a great pick, but I'm not sure anyone realized how wonderful a pick he was going to be. So there, there was all of this unproven nature that cast doubt on what 2017 would look like. Now, a year later, not only is Brandon Cooks, you know, ostensibly Sammy Watkins' replacement in camp, I think he grasped the playbook. I think from his time going back to Oregon State and working with Sean Mannion and Mike Riley in a pro-style college offense to then Drew Brees and Sean Payton in New Orleans and eventually Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, I think he comes well-equipped to make an immediate impact. And the fact that the other ten pieces on that offense are returning for their second year in this system uh, I think benefits him and will, uh, will reap rewards for the Rams offensively. On defense, uh, it's a little bit more convoluted, if for no other reason than the best player uh, maybe in the entire NFL on defense is, is not there, right. and Aaron Donald. Uh, but Ndamukong Sue is, and you can see what Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib look like on opposite sides of the field. Uh, Sam Shields, I think, is an underrated uh, story and has uh, some really magnificent potential if uh, if his health permits in terms of what Aubrey Pleasant wants to do with his defensive backs uh, in the back end of Wade Phillips' defense. 
so I can I can continue to rattle off names, and we can select one or two more individuals if you would like. Uh, of course, everyone's question centers around the linebacking core right now, and I think that's a valid concern. Uh, but the Rams, I also think, like the youthful potential of that group, and it never hurts to have many capable options competing for limited reps come training camp because uh, while most of the roster I do feel is settled, uh, by far the most intense competition will be at linebacker in, I guess, late July and throughout August. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. Yeah, and you said it. I think another one I'm excited to kind of follow along is the tight end situation with Hemingway back and, uh, you know, Gerald Everett in his second year and seeing how all those pieces kind of fit in. Uh, You know, you look around the board and you mentioned, you know, the 10 out of 11 pieces and the offense being, you know, so similar and, you know, not so many camp battles there, but uh, where there are some, they're they're very intriguing. Another name that you mentioned that I loved hearing about was Sam Shields. Uh, He's kind of definitely flying under the radar with all the big name talent that's come in and and obviously hasn't played in the past couple years exciting to hear obviously he's been medically cleared to play uh one thing i picked up from kind of uh listening to some of the rams news was saying just that his speed alone was kind of what was jumping off uh the table as far as you know he's one of the few guys that could actually hang with brandon cooks uh so it's it's fun that there's people on this team that you know either locally or nationally uh, nobody's really talking about much and could come in and make a big impact, whether on you know defensive snaps or in special teams. Uh, so just more excitement about this team. Um, as we kind of get into that and talk about the excitement and talk about those big names that we've picked up and some of the big names that came back uh, last season, as you talked about, Todd Gurley was coming off a rough season the year before and, and obviously broke out in an MVP caliber season. Uh, that comes with expectations, not only within the team, but uh, here in the local surrounding area of L.A. and then in the national media. 
What do you think as far as this team looking at expectations? How McVay is one going to kind of keep everyone focused on what they've done? Obviously, we know he's got a great handle of the group, but uh, what would be a letdown for this team? You know, would do they need to win a playoff game for people not only uh, in LA but you know internally on the team to kind of walk away and say, okay, that was a good season? Well, I get the sense that uh, none of us, especially inside the locker room, were pleased to have an early exit in the playoffs last year, even though if you had offered the Rams fan base the opportunity to go back to the postseason for the first time in more than a decade and host a playoff game last summer, everyone would have signed up for that. Right. I think McVay is, is a motivational master. I really do. And then I look at the pieces that are back. Some of them are youthful and hungry for – uh, individual and collective reasons, whether it's the opportunity to earn generational money in their next contract or whether it's a chance to cement their legacy with a Super Bowl ring. Uh, the range of motivation, I think, varies greatly within this locker room. But individually and collectively, I do think there's a fire that burns and uh, makes for a really passionate group. And so uh, while McVeigh and his staff do a remarkable job of keeping them focused on the minutia, on the day-to-day, on the meeting-to-meeting. Uh, you know, I, I think those of us that can step back and take the 30,000-foot view look at this season as a tremendous opportunity with one of the most competitive, challenging schedules in the entire National Football League. And there's an element where, yeah, the Rams are no longer the hunter. They are now the clearly identified hunted, and they're the, they're the team that – uh, offenses around the league spent studying uh, throughout the offseason months, trying to emulate. And they're the team that uh, opposing franchises within the division and with the NFC spent studying trying to figure out a way to solve. Because whether it's the Cardinals, Seahawks, or 49ers, or the Vikings, Eagles, Falcons, Saints, they're coming for them. And they expect to run into this team, if not in the regular season, in the postseason. And I think that's a really cool place to be. Uh, one final thought on expectations, and uh, from the time that I've been around Sean McVay, he's an embrace-the-moment, embrace-the-expectations kind of guy. Why not let expectations energize you? Uh, I don't think there's a pressure associated with being picked to win the division or maybe even to go deep in the playoffs and potentially win a Super Bowl. I think that gets the juice flowing. I think that motivates OTAs. I think that will get them through the dog days of summer when it's 110 degrees in Irvine, California, because they know their goals are larger than hosting a wild card game in 2018. Yeah, I love that last point you made because you kind of get that feel from Sean McVay that the the pressure of things only kind of in, excite him and motivate him more, and and that will just trickle down into the team as we've seen in year one how he can really you know gather that group as a as a you know unit as one unit. So exciting stuff, and I love hearing that from your side. Got a couple more things before we get out of here. Um, you know, we talked about some of the new faces and, you know, that transition and expectations. Um, with the rookie group that came in, you know, the first couple picks were kind of placed in the offensive line as, you know, what we look at as more of kind of down the road, you know, building that depth there. Um, and then things kind of got a little exciting in those mid to late rounds with some playmakers on the defense side of the ball. Is there any expectations of, you know, any of those rookie guys making a direct impact right away, whether that's special teams um, or on the defense side of the ball? Who would you maybe pick out that, you know, you're really excited to see, you know, in a Rams uniform on the field this year? 
Well, I think, Brad, you and I would agree that in the ideal scenario, the answer to that question is no. And that's no knock on any of the players who were selected. I think that's just the hope for the top-tier established talent that the Rams have. But let's be realistic. The Rams have had two of the healthiest seasons in NFL history back-to-back. So is it logical, is it practical to think that they'll be able to duplicate uh, their success in getting their frontline players to participate in 14, 15, 16 games this fall? I sure hope so. I'm rooting for that. Right. I believe in their, their soft tissue science and all the things they do and the, the mental days that they take to preserve the tread on the tires of players like Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan and uh, Aaron Donald and others across their roster. However, what I like about this draft class and what I like about the potential 53-man roster and practice squad potentially as well that the Rams might bring into September and the season is what I like to refer to as margin for error. Teams are evaluated here in the summer based on their big names and their projected depth chart. But we all know that in October and November and December, it's not always those names who are making winning plays on Sunday. And I think uh, to use the secondary potentially as an example, and I will talk to some of your rookies in just a moment, but you know, humor me with this. If Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib and, and LaMarcus Joyner and uh, the frontline secondary, if they're playing deep into this season, great. If they have to miss any significant amount of time, just think about the way Troy Hill was playing at the end of last right. year or the way that Kevin Peterson flashed or who Nikel Roby Coleman is or even someone like Dom Hatfield. I mean, these are names that I think Rams fans are familiar with and appreciate the contributions they made to the NFC West Championship season a year ago who have been somewhat supplanted on the depth chart going into 2018. While I feel for those individuals, I know they're highly motivated to maintain their spot on the roster, and I think that level of depth bodes well for the grind of an NFL season. Uh, You're right to point out that I think the Rams had the luxury of drafting for the future, particularly uh, along the offensive line, uh, whether it's with Brian Allen or Noteboom. Uh, or even looking to their linebacking core. I think it's a tough ask to expect any one of those players to uh, jump in and supplant a starter week one Monday night football in the black hole in Oakland. But knowing the level of coaching that's taking place day in and day out within the organization and knowing the intention with which they drafted uh, those particular players on the offensive line or someone like uh, Okoronkwo or Howard, Uh, along the linebacking group, I do think the opportunity will present itself at some level of the offense or defense during the course of the season. And because of the preparation, because of the talent and development, I think Wade Phillips and Sean McVay and others within the organization are confident that those pieces from the draft class of 2018 will be ready when their time comes. Exciting to see, like you said, um, you mentioned a lot of those names in the secondary that were, you know, you know, very important to our playoff push. And you're right, they've kind of been um, pushed down and and highly motivated now. But you know, that is that good feeling about this Rams team as you look at the depth across both sides of the ball. Is seeing that you know, if if we don't be as fortunate as we were previous years as far as the health goes, which you know, time and, and history shows you that at some point that's going to run out. But uh, you know, knock on wood that it doesn't this year. Uh, we do have that depth uh, there, not only guys that have established themselves in the NFL, but some of the new guys that are coming in. Um, I want to get to really quick, kind of close it out. 
you have an awesome job, which we all love following along, and you worked really hard to get in that position, but you get to watch these Rams games live in person every day, right? So I was jacked when the schedule came out and went around and started looking at you know where we were playing and who and when. Uh, when that schedule came out and you, you get to think about you're there every game, what was a game or two that you were just so excited for? Or, you know, I know, you know, the, the coach Sean McVay answer is, you know, we take one game at a time, uh, but I'm going to I'm going to pull that out from you and, and really put you on the spot. You know, what are a couple games that you just can't wait to call? Yeah, it's a great question and one I've fielded quite a bit this offseason. And thank you for not making me give the Sean McVay answer. Because, <laughs> uh, it's boring. It's dull, as it rightly should be. But uh, I enjoy getting to dig into it uh, as a fan because that's how I reacted is as a fan. And I'm not surprised to see the Rams open uh, in Oakland Monday night against Gruden because of the close mentorship relationship between Gruden and McVeigh. Let's face it, Sean would not be in the position he's in today if Gruden had not given him that initial opportunity uh, both to, to build his resume and also to learn from someone like Gruden. So I think that's an exciting way to start. Uh, what I love about this schedule is you and I could go through it all 16 games, and the storyline is obvious, yeah. and it's compelling, right? I mean, the division games speak for themselves, so you can almost table those. But whether it's playing uh, the Chargers in Los Angeles, whether it's hosting the Vikings and knowing what's potentially at stake in terms of playoff framework there, not to mention the Kirk Cousins, Sean McVay career connection, uh, whether it's Aqib Tlaib and Wade Phillips going back to Denver, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, the two Cal quarterbacks. I mean, we could go on and on. How about Sammy Watkins and Marcus Peters potentially going head-to-head with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Rams in Mexico City? I, I have never encountered a schedule that is so compelling week-to-week. And I'll tie it together by saying, I think there are individual games that players will circle, and I've already named a few of them. And while McVeigh and the coaching staff will make sure that this team is focused day-to-day and week-to-week, the beauty of the schedule is that's easier when every next week has a prime-time or made-for-prime-time matchup to anticipate and to get up for. So I don't think motivation will be an issue for this locker room for all the reasons I just described. And I know it won't be uh, for the Rams radio booth. Uh, The Kansas City game, to me, is one that I think will be thrilling to do it uh, at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. is just a a really unique opportunity. The underappreciated, maybe under-the-radar game that I would uh, draw Rams' attentions to would be at Chicago. Uh, in December, because I think the Bears are out to try to be this year's Rams, if that makes sense. I think they're out to make the leap that the Rams did last year. And if the Bears can do that with Trubisky, at quarterback and a new coaching staff and an offensively uh, motivated franchise, I think that potential is there. So who knows what that matchup could look like on paper come December. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, I actually have plenty of ties to the Chicago area. A lot of family of mine still out there. And so when that came out, definitely got a bunch of texts. And uh, it's early December. It's going to be a cold game out there as well, uh, late on, in the season That's on the road. Not, you're right. 
Yeah, so a lot of interesting story plays there. They're excited about their team. I might actually be out there for that game, so if I do, I'll, I'll hit you up. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. We always have a blast when you come on and, and give us some time to chat Rams football. Uh, guys, go give JB a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, his his uh, details will be in the show notes. And uh, JB, we look forward to it, and uh, we'll try to link up when I'm down there in Irvine for training camp, and we'll get you on the podcast again before the season starts. But best of luck. Enjoy your time, uh, what you have with your family, and, and we'll see you back soon. I appreciate that, Brad, and I'm excited for you and thankful for uh, all the things that you're doing. So enjoy it, and I'll look forward to seeing you in Irvine, hopefully for training camp. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.